Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And we're back. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. We are talking property and casualty this morning, uh, everyone. We're talking about homeowners. We're going to get into umbrella and auto insurance policy. We're just kind of going through and helping people understand how to read those numbers on the policy. Well, we know how to read the numbers, hopefully, but understand what they mean um, and what things you should be thinking about, especially as your policies come up for renewal once a year. So our guest this morning is Tim Williams with Clarity Insurance. Good morning again. Thanks for joining us. I always have a lot of questions on this topic, and um, so I appreciate you being here to help uh, our listeners and, and myself, of course, as well. Also, my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed, um, and we, are, we, we spent the first hour talking about <coughs> homeowners insurance. And I do want to get into umbrella and auto. Is there anything else? We went through all the different coverages, uh, the coverage sections, which should be like the first few numbers that people see on that policy. Tim, is there anything else on homeowners that you want to touch on that, that we have? Yeah, just a couple of things I think people need to look out that I think are important. I mean, there's always other topics that you could ask your agent about regarding home insurance and they'll go through it. Deductibles is one that we're going to touch on with oh, home yeah, insurance. Yeah. I think okay. it's important for people to know that. And then, um, you know, basically the other thing is just we'll touch a little bit on, you know, things that you might want to schedule, jewelry, stuff like that. We don't have to get too deep into that, but those right. are things that you'd want to maybe add on to your policy and get through there. So insurance, home insurance is kind of a, when it comes to deductibles and how they rate you, I think you guys can appreciate this. You know, some carriers use an insurance score. It's kind of like a, a credit kind of slash insurance score. 
okay. and carriers don't. So just like having a credit in your financial side, oh. insurance carriers give you a credit score. So the lower your credit score, the higher risk you would be of potential propensity to put in a claim because you might be in a, you know, a bad way financially where you might want to, might entice you to put in a claim. Right. Kind of that way. And so, so how do they determine that credit score? They It's kind of a combination of, you know, how many times you've paid late to an insurance, you yeah. know, whether it be your auto or your home, also how many claims you've put in. Yeah. So those types of things kind of develop into their insurance score. Okay. So sometimes as an agent, we might try and get you some carriers and all of a sudden we, your insurance score is too low. So they can't get into a certain program. Uh, we may have to go to another carrier that doesn't use an insurance score. So there are, you know, some do, some don't. It's just good to know. It's just like everything else. You want to have good credit. You want to have a good insurance score. Yeah. You don't want to be putting in, you know, manage, manage your claims like you would anything else. You don't want to yeah. be putting in for small claims. But the deductible piece is something I wanted to touch on because, okay. you know, deductibles are important in your home insurance policies. Know what you're willing to accept as your deductible. And then also, you know, read that carefully to make sure your deductible is for the all perils um, and not separate. So okay. a lot of that now, you probably you hear this a lot now, there's a lot of, well, like a, you'll have a thousand dollar deductible except for wind, yeah. hail, mm -hmm. or name storm, or yeah. hurricane. So, so those get pretty, um, you know, there's a big difference between all three of those. So okay. you need to look at those, and some of the carriers are pretty, have high deductibles that people need to be aware about. But I'm not gonna tell you which companies they are, but uh, you right. read your policy, I've seen a lot that will have 5% wind hail deductible. So let's go over kind of what that means to the to the homeowner. Okay. All right. So if you have a 5% wind hail deductible on a dwelling that's $500,000, you have $25,000 deductible. Yeah. Some people said, oh, no, it's of the claim. I said, no, it's not of the claim. The 5% is on the dwelling before the insurance company is responsible. Mm. So wind hail, oh. so people understand what that is. Let's say you have a snowstorm coming tomorrow and there's 20 mile an hour winds. And that tree knocks over and lands on your roof and destroys your roof. Not, well, not our brand new roof, Tim. Claim. No, no, no. Don't yeah. do that. Not our brand new roof. Yeah. yeah. Not your roof. Yeah. Not your roof. Yeah. This is frustrating because this yeah. is like Super what, frustrating. this is what you think of when you're like, why do I have homeowners insurance? It's right. for stuff like that. I mean, obviously, fire, you know, fire would come right. to you know top of right. mind first for me anyway. But like the tree falling on the house is like exactly why you carry homeowners insurance, right? Yeah. And people don't understand that that's wind that caused that. You know, they're like, oh, it's a tree, you know. Right. What caused the tree? Well, you know, that's why you want to look at that deductible and try and get something that doesn't have that. You know, you don't always have to have the kit. There's plenty of carriers that will offer you something. Okay. That won't have that deductible available. So, so wind hail is the worst because okay. it's just, it could be anything. It could be a 10 mile an hour wind. They're going to put that on there. So where are people going to look on their policy in order to determine if they have different deductibles? I'm gonna so it depends up. on the deck page, and every deck page of every company is a little different. I sent you over a sample 
Yeah. It shows you with a 2% named storm debt. Now, so, I, you know, this insurer decided, you know what, I don't care. I'll, I, I'll pay that. I'm like, well, you know, you have a 2%. So what that means is on a named storm. Oh, I see that. It says. He has to pay 2% of his dwelling, which is a lot. 2% of, and it doesn't say that on the policy. It doesn't say 2% of dwelling. It just says. 2% named storm debt. Deductible 2%. Right. And it's, it's care people got to look at that. You know, it could be hurricane. Okay. Hurricane's better than all, like any, but you don't want any. But if you can help, help it. But so, so say again, what are the common um, events that would cause a different deductible? You said named storm, like that's like a hurricane, right? That's yeah, these are for wind. You know, yeah, so okay. you're talking wind hail, which is the yeah. worst because it's just any wind. You know, you've got named storm deductibles which is a name stormed by the National Weather Service or NOAA. Yeah, um, yeah. It can't be just some TV station that decides to name it uh, Storm <laughs> Melissa. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there's hurricanes, which is just a, you know anything with sustained winds of 75 to okay. miles an hour or more. So yeah. those are the different, you know, you just got to make sure you have your deductibles are there and then manage your deductibles. If it's a claim that's only $500, don't put a claim into your home insurance. You know, save that because it's just gonna hurt you down the road. And people say, well, they're gonna raise my rates. Well, they raise your rates because they're giving you a loss-free credit. So they've been giving you a credit because you haven't put any claims in. Mm. Okay. Now all of a sudden, if you put a claim in, you lose that credit, your, uh, your premium goes up. And they go, well, they raise my rates. They go, yeah, because they, you got rid of a credit. You know, it's kind of like, it, it, yeah, it's punishing you, but you know that's what they were giving you a discount because you weren't putting any losses in. So make sure that you're putting in a loss that it's worthwhile and something that makes sense. So is there like, is that, you just have to kind of calculate that based on the policy or is there like some sort of general guidance? Like you only want to put in a claim if it's X dollars or X percent more than your deductible, for example. Yeah, I think it's something that you kind of got to get a feel for what the damage is and get some estimates yourself before you decide to go forward with that claim. Yeah. You know, and really check on it and make sure it's worth your while. Yeah, you know, I, I can tell you a quick story I had that it was just mind-boggling. Is um, an insured with another agent um, was told he had equipment breakdown coverage, which is a common rider you'll see now. And equipment breakdown coverage covers things like your tablets and your iPads and things like that, or oh. TVs, and, okay. and it's caused usually you know for accidental breakage or you know, a surge. Maybe you have an electrical surge that okay. wipes out everything, your, your refrigerators and all that other stuff. Well, he, someone told him it, it didn't go as a claim and then he could put in for the for the claims. Well, he put in like four claims within a, a year and a half on yeah. an iPad and a tablet. And sure enough, those all counted as claims. So he was like dinged for all these claims and we had a, it took years to fix mm. yeah. you know, on that problem. So it's just something that they do happen, but. So as an insurance, so as an insurance agent, you could, if someone called and was like, you know, we have $5,000 worth of damage, my deductible is 2,500, does it make sense to put in the claim? You would be able to see what sort of credits they had that might be eliminated. Right, and we might say to them, yeah, it's gonna cost you this much over, you know, three year period. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. is it worth your while or not? You know, um, so that, that's, it's, that's different for everybody, right? Because the credits of the different insurance companies are different, and obviously the duck, duck, right? Duck. It depends on how the claim happens. You know, um, sometimes yeah. if they're considered cat claims, you know, a cat claim, which is a catastrophic and it was kind of out of your doing, then yeah. they might not ding you. 
You know what I mean? It's, oh, okay. Whereas yeah. something that, you know, all of a sudden if I see three water damage claims from you guys, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? You know? We have so three that's something they just kind of look at and you just want to manage them and you don't want to have these small claims that are... Yeah. Okay. If um, so, like, if you do put in a claim, and that, and as you said, it you know it could uh, it could remove you know a credit. Um, yep. How long does it take you know to reinstate that credit typically, or or? Well, I mean, average? every yeah, every carrier wants to know how how many years lost free you are. Yeah. So they all base it on different years of lost free claims. So the, obviously, the greater amount, the, the greater discount that carrier may give you. Okay. You know, so it's, it could be. There's no real answer to that, Kirk. It's, okay. It's kind of up to the company. Yeah, I see. Like I see on our policy, um, like we our credit says it says you know preferred risk credit, uh, no losses, uh, six years. Right. Um, so does that like as time goes on, does that credit increase if you don't put in a claim? It could if it, you know, up to a certain, they'll cap it at some point, okay. you know, and they may cap it, you know, based on the amount of credits you have too, but it may say, yeah, after 10 years, it's 10 years, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, but so yeah. it could be a seven-year credit, six-year credit, but they'll, they'll definitely give you credits for, for things like that. Okay. So. So can I come back to the deductible thing for a minute? Because I'm yeah, still talking about this. So ours, for example, actually, yeah. So for example, on the exam on the policy that you sent for us to just, you know, use yep. for post purposes, yep. it does say it specifies like a section one deductible. Your example is a thousand dollars. And then it does say named storm deductible. Two yep. percent, um, which means if there is so that's the, that's like an, is that like an exclusion? Like the only exclusion, that's not the right word, but there's a thousand dollar deductible for all situations, except the name storm, in which case it's 2% of the dwelling. Okay. Our policy, for example, says uh, deductible 2,500 applies to all causes of loss unless otherwise noted, but I don't see like anywhere otherwise no noted. How, how deep do you have to dig to find that? Or would it be right there on the declarations page? You know, every time it's, when you're dealing with, you know, we can get into, I won't get into name perils and all the different things, but when you're dealing, you're getting a $25 deductible unless noted, you know, they're basically saying it's that unless it's covered, right? So you, you want to look at the back of your policy, what's yeah. excluded? You know, what, what are they not giving me? Right. What are they taking out? So typically, you know, insect damage, you know, termites, oh, those types of things, okay. rodents, you know, those aren't covered under standard homeowners policy. Okay. They just won't cover we, do, we do have equipment breakdown. Equipment breakdown is a good one. Another good one to have in, on there a lot is popular now is um, service line coverage. Service line? Like, yeah. Like your cable and well, yeah, it's your utility lines that are coming yep. into the house. So yep. if you're, you know, you're in Marshfield and you're on town sewer, you know, you have your sewer line, you have your water oh. line, and your gas line. So okay. Typically, those things running into your house are covered under your standard homeowners. Okay. So, yeah, I do see that on here. Uh, oh. It says service line coverage endorsement. Uh, it says ten thousand dollars. Uh, I guess is the coverage, yep. uh, but yeah, it only costs you know the premium is like twenty five bucks. Uh, right, and it's great to have. Yeah, it's something that I would ask an agent to pick it up and get because okay. if your water line coming into your house ruptures, 
that's pretty expensive to have come out. Uh, sure. So basically, basically, yeah. So like you would be responsible for just like the piece that runs from the street to your house, basically, or right. yeah, right. Okay. Right. So okay. I mean, those things are you know like your electrical service line coming into your house. Yeah. You know, so those are things that you want to have. It's good coverage to have. Sure. You know, and usually, this was sold by. You know, I'm trying to think like your gas companies used to try and pitch this to you for like a hundred bucks. You know, like service line coverage, mm-hmm. really, you know, offer to you on the on your gas bill. Yeah, um, you can get on your homeowner's policy. It's very inexpensive. They be saying it's twenty dollars, twenty five dollars. Yeah. Can I ask you a couple of things that I want uh, that I see on our policy that, like, for example, we have no earthquake coverage. It says earthquake coverage excluded. Fortunately, we don't have a lot of earthquakes around here. But does yeah. that mean we did and our house was destroyed? We have no coverage. Correct. Oh, so, I- so earthquake is excluded under most policies. You'd is that normal that. in Massachusetts to exclude that? Pretty normal, yeah. It's always a rider. You can ask for it as an endorsement. I have a few policies with earthquake. Not a lot of people ask for it, but you yeah. can get it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously floods excluded. It's not part of your standard home. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, earthquake's always excluded. That kind of wear and tear, you know, insects, things like that. But earthquake... I wish you can get earthquake coverage. I wish it would say somewhere that flood is excluded. Like it doesn't even it doesn't reference that anywhere. It's, but that's just the standard. Yeah, they put it in there under exclusions. You'll see it under water, you know, or something that's under there. Um, I'm gonna ask you one one other thing. We I see something that says section one: fungi, wet or dry rot, or bacteria limit of insurance. Yeah. So this is this is mold. So your, your mold's always limited on policies because it's such a became such a big claim. And it was so so popular, and it was such a hard thing to not disprove, but it was you know so they limit and cap your your coverage usually at like ten thousand and then fifty thousand lifetime. Yeah. For mold, so it's generally yeah you know limited coverage on that, and some companies are pretty diff. A few out there just don't pay it at all and try not even though they have it. I've never seen them pay it. But so if I see it there, that means we have some coverage. Yes, there's absolutely. Dollar, yeah, there's a dollar amount next to it, so we're paying for yeah. something. Um, that means if we found mold in the home somewhere and had to have it, I forget the word. Mediated or removed. Yeah, yeah. Mitigated. You're get some coverage for that. Okay. Um, there's also a, a line right below it that says section two. Fung, fungi is it fun, is that our yeah. wet or dry so that means like liability like if someone got sick because there was mold in our home so it would cover us from a lawsuit regarding that is that what that means yeah if it's saying liability on that it says section two which goes under liability bacteria yeah. limit of insurance schedule in massachusetts it doesn't say liability but it does reference section two which is the liability section right so maybe right. that covers like if someone had severe allergies or they got sick being in our home right i would imagine right. that's what that's covering um i mean you have the other you know like this kind of stuff pops up too is like you know like um oil tank coverage so those people that have oil uh, you know if your oil tank breaks and seeps into the ground Oh my God, we do have an oil tank. You want to pick up that kind of coverage. Um, so those are things that can be talked about when you ask your agent, you know, if you have an oil tank. It's like, hey, do I have coverage if this thing breaks and goes on the ground and now i got to go hire an environmental cleanup company? Oh, interesting. I would never... Yeah. You would never think of. No, you. you know, it's not your... Right, Good I would job. Never, you're supposed to. The agent's supposed to be asking you. Right, 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 right. We, we would just, we would just move. We would. Yeah. Just I move. Love yeah. our house. I love our house. I never. Yeah. Um. That, but that, that, no, that was, it was like that. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> you didn't do that. Wait, so, so Tam, I know, I know, I know we're, we're, I mean, I think this is kind of interesting because it's like, this is one of those things that nobody ever looks at, right? I mean, they, you know, they, you know, the, for, for most people, at least I think most people, you know, they talk to an agent like yourself and they say, you know, what do you recommend? And, you know, and then, and then you put this together and then we say, great. And we do it. And then you, you know, you probably never pull it out again uh, unless something happens. Right. Um, so now we're looking at it and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't, you know, I don't know what half this stuff is. I don't know what, you know, what it, what it means, what it covers. So like, you know, Alyssa mentioned the earthquake earlier. So I'm looking at like our thing. And so there's one line that says earthquake exclusion endorsement, Massachusetts. And then a few lines below that, it says earthquake coverage excluded. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, like, I, I don't know what that means. No, under the earthquake exclusion endorsement, there's no dollar amount next to it. Yeah. Which means we're not paying for it. Maybe we didn't. No, you're not paying for it. It's just a standard exclusion that they're putting on the policy. They're just saying it's excluded. They're just spelling it out. Kind yeah. Of like yeah. We're not coming for this. Okay. That's why they, that's why they put it on twice to make sure. <laughs> yeah, we only have a few more minutes before you take take a break. Go ahead and yeah. get into umbrella quickly and, and auto. Yeah. Um, one more thing under our other coverages and endorsements: roof surfacing, actual cash value, windstorm or hail loss settlement option. What the heck does that mean? Like, if our roof blows off, we have coverage. Wouldn't that be just covered under your normal policy anyway? Oh, but wind is not. But wind is not. So what's it saying again? You have actual cash settlement value. Roof roof surfacing, actual cash value, windstorm or hail loss settlement option. That's not even like a real sentence. That's just a whole bunch yeah. of work together. <laughs> you have to dig a little bit into Cincinnati and see how they, yeah. they cover okay. that and get into that a little bit more on that. Without yeah. Okay. How their settlement option works and what they have. Okay. The actual cash value on the roof surface. Right. Right. Figure that out. You know, I mean, they, they can put that on that usually on older roofs. They may put on an actual. You know what, Kirk? So. When there, when we had took this policy out, we had an older roof, but now we have replaced it. So maybe right. that's something that needs to. So be. it might be good to just tell them you have a new roof on that. Maybe we should communicate with our uh, insurance person. <laughs> Let them know you got a new roof. It's always it's yeah. going to help you in two ways. It'll give you credit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, make it into that. So. All right. Cool. All right. Anything else really quick on homeowners before Just we... Just on um, jewelry. You know, if you've oh, got yeah. jewelry that you want to cover, yeah. tell your agent about it. You know, you're usually going to have to have some type of appraisal. Yeah. So if it's fine arts, guns, or jewelry, those things are usually capped on your policies, so they're a limit, like $2,500. Okay. So you want to schedule those things because they okay. cover... Most companies will cover mysterious disappearance or theft or things that will happen to your to your rings or your necklaces. So an example, you're in a rental car and you put hand cream on and leave your ring on the rental car and gone. You know, you could put in a claim if you had it scheduled. Okay. So, and then just, it's good to ask the agent how that scheduling is there. Just because something's appraised that, $15,000 doesn't mean the insurance company is going to give you a check for $15,000. Okay. So they may do replacement costs. It says I can find your ring, even though it says it's appraised for $15,000. I can find your ring for the same light kind of quality for eight. We're going yeah. to give you that, okay. that on there. Unless they consider agreed value. Okay. Now agreed value, that's what you're going to get. So. Okay. 
So if it's so if you have something in your home worth more than what like a few thousand dollars, you're you're you talk to your agent about it. Talk to your agent about scheduling that separately for loss. Okay. Um, okay, great. We're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed, joined this morning by Tim Williams, Flaherty Insurance. We're talking about how to read your property insurance, your homeowner's policy. We're gonna get into uh, umbrellas really quick and also um, auto. Uh, we won't have as much time, but we'll go through that quickly. We are just taking a quick break. Don't change the channel. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Joining me this morning, my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. You can always find more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraOnMoney.com brings you to the radio page of our website. We are joined this morning by Tim Williams with Flaherty Insurance. He's a property and casualty insurance specialist, and he's walking us through um, those policies today and helping us understand all those numbers and all those terms on the um, on those policies. So if you have dug out your homeowners or your auto or your umbrella policy recently or if you don't know what an umbrella policy is um yeah tune in we're gonna we're gonna uh, keep listening I, I should say we're gonna go over that in a minute um and and really in all honesty if you haven't l- looked at your auto or home coverages in a while pull that stuff out and follow along it's just really good to make sure that those numbers are still accurate based on you know your goals and your financial situation and the value of your property so um, good, good stuff this morning, Tim. Thank you for being here. And you can find out, did I already give your website? I can't remember. FlahertyInsurance.com if you would like to contact uh, Tim after the show. Okay, so should we? can we talk about umbrella for a few minutes? We've got 27 minutes to wrap up. Yeah, so we, we need let's to get into umbrellas a little bit and we'll umbrellas. talk about Perfect. Yeah. what those are, what the term means, and kind of how it came about. So, um, you know, umbrella is basically... Uh, and, a liability policy on itself that goes above and beyond on top of your homeowner's insurance. It could be on top of your auto. Mm-hmm. It could be on top of your watercraft policy that you might have. Yeah. Um, so the umbrella, basically, if you picture an umbrella, it's covering all of those policies above for an additional liability limit. They're good to have because they're, they're there for that extra protection of liability that you may have and generally they're inexpensive but they can be expensive if you have lots of toys and if you have you know a bad driving record things like that can be a little bit higher than premium yeah but generally you know for a million dollars of liability above and beyond that it might be 200 to 400 dollars in that range to pick up per year per year to pick up a you know another liability policy and what that does is it will pay your defense costs. You know, you, it, it, it hires an attorney or hire all those things that you need and would pay for any liability damages that you might have. Uh, and it gives you that peace of mind. The last thing you want as a consumer or person is to, to be waking up at night morning and wondering what's gonna happen to your assets because of a lawsuit. Yeah. Of something that, you know, happened because of an unfortunate accident or incident. Yeah, it seems. I mean, that it seems like a no-brainer uh, to me. Uh, you know, to ha- to have an umbrella of some of some amount, but I, you know, I don't know if you can speak to how comp. You know how you know what percentage of your clients have them versus don't. Or 
Yeah, we try and push them as much as we can and, and talk to people about about getting them. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say all of them have them, Kirk, but, you know, the ones that have something to lose, they generally will have that umbrella there. Yeah. You know, if they've got assets, you know, that they want to protect, it, it's definitely worth having that, that policy. Well, not only... Like yeah. But even going through, going through one of those... Talk to somebody that's gone through one of those accidents or... Right had to go to court and you know that it's so stressful so not, it's something that they definitely want to have well, i mean not even not even asset protection but uh if you don't if you don't want to go into severe debt right i mean uh, right. uh right. even if you don't have money but you don't want to don't want to be in the hole um it just exactly. it, it just makes sense i mean and you talked about I mean, the premiums are 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 so small, uh, you know. Versus, yeah, they can be very yeah. small. They yeah. get they can get high if the more assets you have, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Dealing with yeah okay. multiple ATVs, and you've got a boat, and you've got three cars that are all high end, and you know what I mean by high end sports cars with different risks, things like that. So, okay. you know, multiple residences, those things start to add up, and they the policies get a little bit more expensive. Um, when you're dealing with umbrellas too, it's important, I think, to let your agent review these yearly because this is the problem I see a lot with is even as I, as an agent, I might know everything that I have, but you didn't tell me that you went on progressive and you put your motorcycle, you know, you didn't tell me you had a motorcycle on it. Uh, yeah. Maybe you left something with a different agent or it's good to have it all with one agent for that reason. Yeah. Because if I don't know about something, when I ask you and I don't have it listed on the on the umbrella policy, it's not covered. So maybe you turned in a car and bought another car and you didn't tell me, like, you know, there's something that you didn't add on to that policy, you're not gonna have coverage for that particular. So the umbrella policy specifically needs to note the other assets that you have a policy for. Right. So when you're doing the umbrella application, you're listing each residence that you own. Yep. All the cars that are covered. Yep. You know, and then all the watercraft that are covered, and yeah. other things that you own, ATVs, things like that. And then usually they require a certain limit to be covered on that policy. So you can't right. you can't just say I have auto insurance and it's the minimum limits. They want to have you have certain liability limits on the home insurance and certain liability limits on the auto. Right. So that's because, and, and I think one of the reasons uh, umbrellas are relatively inexpensive is because the your auto or and or your or your home or your boat policy kicks in first, right. and the umbrella right only kicks in if if you have a liability that exceeds your coverage on your other policies, your underlying policies, right? So, right. And here's a good yeah. question to ask your agent when you have your umbrella. You know, is it a true umbrella? Or is it follow form? Is it what? What is follow it? form? Follow. So, form. Okay. so there's there's true umbrellas, and then there's follow form. So a lot of excess umbre- policies, liability, excess. You know, these terms interchange a lot. Excess liability umbrella. You know, is it follow form or is it a true umbrella? So follow form basically means we're following the form in front of us with that home insurance. If they don't pay for it, we're not paying for it. Mm. Where if it's a true umbrella, it may say we're dropping down and we'll provide coverage if it's excluded on the home insurance. So like a true umbrella may drop down and cover something that, you know, might have been excluded. Okay. Not always the case. They're a little bit better, but they're not 
just to, you know, how they, how they work. Is there a language on your, on the policy somewhere that says that, or do you just have to ask the... You probably just have to ask, and it have to be dug, or, dug a little bit, because most of the time the agent's going to have to ask the insurance company how this form responds. You know, how does it work? Okay. So, um, but, you know, umbrellas, like I said, they're great to have. You can you don't have to just have a million for an umbrella. You can have two million, three million, five million. Generally, you know, they start to top out at 10 million. You don't see a lot of people... You know, I know a lot of attorneys and things like that feel like they get a bullseye on them after a certain dollar amount if they're in yeah. and yeah. umbrella, you know, but um, you, there are different amounts that you can get. So can I just come back to the underlying policies for a minute and how you yeah. mentioned it's really important for when you're writing an umbrella, when you as an agent is writing an umbrella to know what all the other assets are that are covered? Yeah. Yep. vehicles, um, homes, et cetera. So like, for example, if, you know, you, if someone had an umbrella and, and you as an insurance agent, you knew about, you know, their two primary residences and their, you know, three cars. Yep. If there was, your example was that they also had a motorcycle that was insured elsewhere that you didn't know about. Does that mean if they were in like a motorcycle accident and they hurt someone else, and their their motorcycle policy, you know, the, the liability limit wasn't very high. That does that mean the umbrella is likely not kicking in for right. if it wasn't listed as a as a covered Interesting. place on your umbrella, it's not gonna be covered. And I just had this happen with um, you know, fairly affluent client that had a lot of properties and they had a property in um Kenny Boatport Maine. Well, they had bought that through the agent in Kenny Boatport. But they yeah. Well, I took the policy over and said, wait a minute, it's not on your excess liability. We need to add this. So it had to be added added on to make sure it was covered. Oh, so fortunately you caught it before there was any sort of... Yeah, so it's kind of like an annual review. We got to make sure and list, okay, what's on here? Well, yeah. We got rid of this car. You can remove this off the policy. We're going to add this. And, you know, so then you get into that underlying piece of this and I think it's a good time to tie in if we have time. Yeah. We can tie into the the underlying thing for the auto, what they need on that for limits. Yeah. So yeah. the two things on the auto policy that they're worried about for liability is bodily injury to others. Okay. All right. So most umbrellas are gonna want you to carry two hundred and fifty thousand per person. Okay. Or five hundred thousand per accident. And then they usually want property damage at 250,000. Some carriers only offer 100, like Geico. You know, you know, oh, but it's such a cute little little lizard that they have. Yes, under. the government employees, yes. We'll get into that in bundling later. But <laughs> that yeah. The, um, yeah, so those are the things that you want. So bodily injury to others, it sounds just like it is. You get in a car accident, you injure three people in that car, and your policy, our policy is going to have that 250000 per person, yeah, 500000 per accident. Then your umbrella would kick in above and beyond any expenses that exceed that. So that's what your what your recommendation is for minimum under bodily injury? Well, you have to carry that. Oh, you that's have to carry that. That's what the umbrella wants you to have. Oh, if you have an umbrella, you have to carry that. Oh, they're going to make you have those limits. Is that a good, if someone doesn't have an umbrella, for example, though, is that just a good limit? It, it, yeah, it's a good limit to have. You know, I mean, you see 100, 300, 250, 500 is generally a one. You don't want to really be lower than those two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you definitely want to be in that, that range for those. And then property damage is anything that you hit. 
So if I caused a three-car accident on Route 3 and I yeah. smash into a Mercedes-Benz that smashes into a nice SUV and another car, yeah, I might exceed that 100000 of property damage pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, that's why they want that at two fifty, and then the umbrella would take in above and beyond that. Okay. Right? So, can, can you, um, Tim, can you explain, uh, you know, as briefly as you can, I guess, uh, how it, you know non-insured you know motorists work if you know if you're in an accident if somebody hits you and they, and they don't have insurance like how, how does that work yeah so on your auto there are two parts um there's part three which is a i believe it's uninsured so i'm saying part, yeah part three is uninsured auto yeah so we'll start there first so it sounds just like it is somebody that doesn't have insurance and there's a lot of that out there really. you might not think about it but people with suspended driving licenses um you know but this also pertains to a hit and run maybe a drunk driver hits you and takes uh, off yeah you know so it's important that you have that coverage there on the uninsured and when that kicks in um on your auto policy we'll pay for those things Kirk. so you'll get that Either two fifty per person or five hundred thousand per accident or whatever you have for a limit. There. Yep. And then twelve on your auto policy is underinsured. So maybe it's a college student that really can't afford to be on the road or just has twenty forty limits, the mm -hmm. compulsory mandatory limits in the state. Um, your policy will kick in and pay you know less of what's available. So you know if there's only fifty thousand available, but you have 150,000 damages so you know so if if uh, so if so, so somebody hits you and they, and they don't have insurance and you know it's it's bad enough you know that requires you know fixing um, now am I am I still responsible for the deductible no so usually you know when you were in a uh, the deductibles waived they mm. usually most not always on the policy but you'll see a waiver of a deductible okay so it's called on a collision, it's called a waiver. Okay. Um, and usually they'll waive the deductible if it's not your fault on, on that. So it's definitely on there. You know, other parts of your auto, you'll have things like uh, disappearing deductibles. Some reduce over time. Some will automatically just take 500 off from the beginning. So it just depends on the policy you have for that. So, and, um, you know, so as far as like this, you know, <laughs> like this other person, you know, this underinsured or, or, or uninsured person that, that hits you, like what is their, you know, what is their liability, if, any, if anything, in this situation? Well, you know, by not having, let's say I have inadequate limits, you know, and I end up going to court because I injured you two and, you know, and caused severe damages, you know, they can garnish your wages for... Yeah, yeah. 10, 10 years. Okay. You can say, you know, you're going to pay X, Y, Z for, right? that's why you want to have decent coverage. There's reasons why you don't want to be out there and don't have, you know, yeah. no insurance and have something happen. But. Yeah. I mean, having said that, the people that aren't carrying auto insurance are likely don't have much in assets to go. No, right. And they're not, yeah. they're probably not going to have, you know, yeah. Yeah. whatever the case may be, but yeah. You know, like I said, it's more peace of mind and making sure you're, you're covered right. So. Okay. 
Yeah. So what other sort of like numbers are you, do you look for at a minimum that people should carry on their auto policies? Like I see on, on our policy, I'm seeing like a, there's a collision section damage to your auto. There's an other than collision and then there's collision. What What's the difference and what, what do you like? Yeah, so we'll start with collision and I guess comprehensive because those are the two I get a lot of questions on. So collision is basically you're in an accident and you hit something. It's yeah. you know, collision. Uh, comprehensive is the things that could be a fire, could be a theft. Oh, uh, okay. deer running into your car is considered comprehensive. Oh, that's not a collision? Hitting no, a deer is not a collision? Comprehensive. Yeah. So is comprehensive the same as other than collision? Like we see that language in our policy? So you'll see other than, yeah, it's probably other than collision is on there. You'll see things like limited collision too. Okay. Which is usually not that, um, the only time I ever see it is when you have a really older car and you're like, it's not worth anything. I'm just going to, you know, if it gets hit, I don't care. You know, so maybe it's a car, it's like, it's only worth a thousand dollars now. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to carry collision coverage on it. So you don't have to carry collision do, coverage. You could do limited collision. Okay. Pay for it as long as you're not more than 50% at fault. So it'll pay for all the damages and things that happen to your car. Um, it may pay for your storage fees while it's sitting somewhere. You know, you, someone's got to pay those fees. Yeah. So sometimes when people say, I don't want collision, you can do limited collision. It's kind of. So. So Tim, on the auto policy, yep. like are you know the vehicles are listed, but there's no dollar dollar amount associated with your vehicles on these policies. So this is different. Like if we compare it to a homeowner's policy, where it's like you see your dwelling coverage, so you know yep. what the insurance company yep. is going to provide you should you lose your home and have to rebuild. So, but that's different on an auto policy, where you know, of course, the the value of an auto goes down over time, but. Um, how do you know? Is it just based on the appraisal at the time? The, the yeah, so a couple of different, the higher end policies for, you know, these policies on Chubb and things, they'll do an agreed value. So they might tell you what the agreed value of that car is. Oh, but some policies yeah. will have a value? Yeah, yeah some will, but okay. most of the time they're going to do, when we're doing cars, they ask us what the cost new of that car is. And I've got to punch something into my rating system it shows how much that car was new. Okay. You bring up a great point when you're at that auto dealership and that finance company is trying to sell you a, um, a what they call gap coverage. You hear that all the time. Yeah. Right? Well, if something happens where you're, you're loan lease gap coverage. What is that? You know, so it's better to ask your insurance agent to get that coverage on your insurance policy than do the dealership. So that's like the gap so, like you think. Actually, you have a brand new car and yeah. you know it's uh, twenty five thousand dollars, and then you know now it depreciates over one year and it's only worth twenty. You total it. You're still gonna. Now you still owe twenty five on it or whatever the number is, but you know your your car value is eighteen. Yeah. Pay for that gap difference. Okay. So they'll pay that seven thousand dollar difference if it's eighteen to twenty five. So okay. and it's pretty minimal on auto insurance policies. It might be anywhere from like forty to fifty dollars a year. Whereas a dealership, we see them charge five hundred to six hundred dollars. So it's it's a big number. Oh, okay. Um so yeah. usually you know you don't want to try and just buy that at the dealership. If you can get it on your insurance policy, it's a good okay. idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I think so I, I, I think I know the answer to this, but but at the same time, I've never I've never noticed this before. <laughs> what what is Mexico coverage? What's wrong, our policy? Yeah, so you're you're covered to drive in. Um, we go to Mexico. Mexico and Canada. Well, you know. does it include? I was I was going to say, where's my Canada coverage? Does I it know. does, does it include? Yeah, you can you'll be covered, and you know, and then so you know if you're driving it elsewhere, you've got to get coverage for. Okay. Okay. Well, really, there's nowhere else to drive it unless you're putting it on a boat. And right. well, I guess you could drive south of Mexico. Yeah. All right. Right in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some okay. of the ones that you'd want to take a look at. Then, obviously, you know, the smaller things on there, like medical payments, and you know, those are things that aren't covered by your typical health insurance. Might be, you know, um, cosmetic, dentistry things that oh, okay. are on there that are auto related. Hmm. Um, substitute transportation is pretty common. A lot of people want to have that on there. Sure, like a rental while you're waiting for your car to be fixed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. good to have. Oh. Know, but if you have three or four cars in your policy, you might not need it. So, oh, that makes sense, yeah. Right. Four cars and you, you know, you can get by, you know, without right. a Actually, yeah. This is So this is one that's, you know, relevant to us right now because I, I have a car that... Um, was rear-ended and I, and I, you know, I, I want to take it in to get, to get it fixed. Um, but I probably, probably would need a rental. Um, and I wasn't sure, you know, does that, you know, so if I do that, is that going to, is that going to ding me? I mean, as far as, uh, you know, putting in a claim? No, because it wasn't your fault. Okay. You know, you're not incurring that expense. So, it's okay to go get a rental. I can still get the rental. The insurance, the insurance will still pay for the rental up to whatever the agreed upon limits are. Yeah, and and I, it's either thirty or forty-five dollars a day. Yeah. So no deductible and, and no. AAA, sometimes yeah. AAA kind of dovetails into some people's coverage. Okay. You know, you're like fifteen dollars a day, but AAA is paying the rest. Okay. Oh, we do have AAA. <laughs> I love. Might have both. It's good to know. Ask. Uh, okay. All right, what else on the auto policy? We've got five or six minutes left, Tim. Yeah, so just, you know, the um, I'm just trying to think of other things in there. Some of the discounts you want to make sure, you know, a lot of people, uh, our listeners have a lot of um, student drivers or newly operated. Mm-hmm. Make good student discounts are out there. Make sure you get them on the honor roll. Get them back. So they'll, they'll apply those, those yeah. on there. A lot of policies now will give you discounts for donating to a charity. So... Oh. I know Mafre has one for um, Pan Mass riders. So oh, that's $50 nice. or $25 Pan Mass, they're going to give you a 5% credit on your premium. Yeah. The good thing, uh, Safety has one for vets. It's uh, Safety for Vets. You can go on and donate to, to the veterans. They'll give you a discount for that. Yeah. So there's different, some of them have them out there. Ask your agents if they, what type of discounts are available. Um, obviously, the, there's different things you can do to add up and try and do it. Give the, the, good, the good student discount, I think that's nice, but like it's, I think it's kind of funny because just because your student excels academically doesn't mean they're a good driver, right? But I think that was kind of funny, but I think it's nice nonetheless. Yeah, no, I don't know why, you know, it's probably some statistic to it. I don't know why. Maybe, yeah. 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 Obviously, we'll talk a little bit with auto too is bundling and whether it makes sense to not bundle or okay. that term all the time on advertising. You know. It's just peppered with all these insurance companies. Mm. Uh, most of the time, it makes sense to have your home and auto bundled, meaning you're with the same carrier. Sometimes it doesn't, though. It might be that you're too close to the coast and you have a better option of getting a coastal carrier. 
oh. getting your auto insurance somewhere else. Okay. You know, um, some carriers don't even have, like Geico doesn't have a home insurance product in mass. Oh. They tell you to bundle, they use somebody else. So okay. it's kind of, you know, so those are the things, you know, the more you have with one company, the more they'll give you discounts. So if you, and if you have an umbrella, you have to usually have all the pieces with them. Yeah. That's the reason you can't. So okay. you know, if you buy an umbrella through, let's say, Arbella, and they're going to want to have the auto in the home. They're not going to let you just say, oh, I got my home with XYZ company. Yeah. I think that, make, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And it, it's pretty standard for them to do that. Um, so, you know, when you get into discounts, the more you tell them, the better. You know, things of whether it be your car, your home, if you have anti theft devices, alarms. Oh, yeah. Let us know about it. You know, we'll ask, but we don't know you put in a system, then, you know, they're good to ask. Right. Um, Tim, I have a mental block about this. I ask this every time I, like, literally meet an insurance professional. Does your does your auto policy follow the person or follow the car? Like, what I mean is, like, if your daughter's friend borrows your car and crashes it, is it my auto your policy? Your policy, but the the accident follows the person. So, and I guess the the other part of that question is, if you go rent a car and they always try to sell you the insurance, yeah. do you really need the insurance, or does your existing auto policy cover you when you're usually driving? You gotta check on that. I would usually okay. recommend getting the insurance from the from the renter. Oh, okay. I usually tell you to do that because it's it's worth doing. Kirk never wants to do that. He's like, no. Nope. Yeah, you're better off having it, you know, than, than not. I, yeah, I always felt like I was told in the past that that was unnecessary. Well, I mean, your policies will cover some of it, but, I mean, okay. you really got to check and, and dive into it. A lot of your credit cards will cover it, too. Okay. Uh, uh, so, you know, so, but that's a good point on auto that you need to check is your household operators. Okay, yeah. So, you know, when you talk about borrowing a car, you know, if... You know, there are a lot of people that aren't listing operators correctly. Um, this is where you could get dinged for denial of a claim, or maybe they, you know, I don't know what would happen, but, you know, if you have somebody that's a bad driver, and you're not listing them, you say, well, they don't live with me, but they use your car all the time. They'll investigate that. Yeah. They'll, they'll get into that, and they may deny your claim. So. Always check the operators. Make sure you know you have listed who's driving what car and who's the primary operator. Yeah, okay. Those things matter. You know, it may not seem it, but they look at that that kind of stuff. So, okay. if I'm borrowing a car on a regular use, it's no longer I'm borrowing it. Yeah. On regular use, and I should be listed as an operator in your car. Okay. Cool. Oh my God, so much to think about. My not much to talk. My head is spinning, but insurance sort of does that. But I appreciate you clarifying it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to McNamara on Money. We were chatting this morning with Tim Williams with Clarity Insurance. You can reach him um, at claritinsurance.com. Um, thank you so much for being here with us, Tim. We will see you again one day soon. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraofTheMerrimack.com. We have so many websites or McNamaraOnMoney.com. Always check out our podcast and your podcast app. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend.